Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Youth Room podcast. I am Keith Seymour and this is Ryan Cottle. And today we're going to be talking about the important topic of leading a missions trip. Now, I saw recently, which I haven't told you this yet, I saw recently that the importance of leading mission trips in youth ministry has been on the rise recently. Uh, to encourage sense. that, uh, you know, to include that post COVID. Yeah. yeah. And so, so if you're here and you are interested in learning how to best uh, navigate those waters of planning, maybe your first mission trip, or maybe you just want to um, uh, learn from some best practices of what not to do uh, when it comes to how many that, that, uh, that we've led here. Uh, but today we're going to be discussing open, uh, open up that dialogue about how to plan a mission trip that would be successful for your students and for the people that you're ministering to. So stay tuned. This episode is sponsored by Edge Club. So you can take a look at edgeclub.org slash training to receive a free uh, watchable training that you can show to your students. There's a group version and there's also an individual version if you want to send it directly to stu certain students to go through of how to become student missionaries to public middle and high school uh, schools in your area. Uh, if you want to be involved with that, you can head over to edgeclub.org slash training. Now, as we mentioned today, we are going to dive into the idea of planning a missions trip. Mm -hmm. And you are... Fairly new to this arena because I've helped you kind of walk through the, the navigating, yeah. navigating the um, the uh, the planning aspects of, of a mission trip. Um, so tell me a little about that. Why now? Why do you want mm -hmm. to take your students on a mission trip? What's the purpose of taking students to mission trip? Tell us a little about that. What's your what's been your journey recently? Well, I I meant what I said. Where COVID really kind of disrupted the whole thing. Um, when I first came on board, it was 2019. We had a mission trip planned for 2020. Of course, everybody knows how that worked out. Um, 2021, it still isn't open. Um, you know, and then 2022, the world was still kind of recovering in other areas. Um, and so it's kind of been something we've wanted to do for a long time. And it's been really hard for us to do it because of the environment that we live in. Um, and then we, of course, know there was a lot of social unrest in other countries too. Um, and so we, we, it's something we've wanted to do. And so this year we're like, Hey, we're going to make it happen. We're going to do this. And so we're looking at going, um, down to central America, um, this summer, we're in the early stages. I went down on a vision trip, um, for it. And then we're, we're working with our kids. And the reason that we feel called to do it is I think a couple of things. Number one, you want to see who God might be calling in your you know ministry to be the next missionary, to, yeah. to be the next person to, to maybe go to an unreached people group or, and, you know, an overseas, um, you know, they might be the ones who answer when God says, whom shall I send? Mm. I think there's a confidence boost that when you, when you cross culture to share the gospel, it becomes more confident in your faith. Yeah. Because you see that this isn't just our culture. Um, I, somebody actually commented on one of our YouTube videos and was like, so you're saying like you don't care about like other people's cultures if you want to evangelize them. And like kind of seeing as like Christianity is like its own culture. And it's like, yeah. I and my response is like, no, we don't believe yeah, like Christianity is limited yeah. to a, a culture. Um, and then the main thing is to have a bigger gospel impact. I mean, we want to support whoever we're going to do. We want to invest in them. Um, and so the trip that we'll be doing is actually through part of what we're doing. Um, it will leverage local pastors to be able to get in front of families to share the message of, yep. of, of hope of Christ. Um, and so we don't just want to go to say, well, this is great for our kids. Um, we want to go to have a real gospel impact on a community, um, you know, that, that needs it. And in 
turn, you know, set our kids up with, with life lessons, um, that they'll, they'll carry with the rest of their lives. Yeah. Now I come from a very missions minded, um, church, you know, we're very, um, unreached people groups focused and, mm-hmm. and really trying to, to leverage resources and to send people to, to lots of different places that don't have access to the gospel yet. And, uh, and so my experience, um, uh, you know, with mission trips is, is pretty plentiful. Like we've gone on tons of mission trips. So I think I've been to like 13 different countries. I've been uh, to the same country 12 times now, uh, Dominican Republic. And, and that's kind of where it started for me. The first overseas mission trip or international mission trip I went on was to the Dominican Republic. This was unrelated to our church. It was actually, um, through, uh, my college and we did a mission trip. Um, we were doing, it was basically on how to lead these ministry mission trips. And mm. we actually did one with our college class. That That'd be helpful. Yeah. When are you going to put that together and everybody yeah, can and, go on? Uh, well, it was really helpful because it was experiential, you know, yeah. it, was, it was a way that we can experience some of us for the first time of like actually being on an overseas mission trip. And, and so, uh, that was still, um, you know, just one of the, uh, a really great foundational, mm-hmm. um, mission trip for me that kind of really turned, turned on the, um, you know, the, uh, uh, the passion for mm-hmm. missions uh, for me. And I'll never forget it. There was a, a part of the trip where I had a longtime uh, mentor professor that um, who was kind of like, you know, helping us process like everything that we were seeing, you know, poverty wise and everything. And uh, he had set us, we were in um, ministering in a, a Haitian village that was in Dominican Republic. So it was predominantly Haitian, but it was very impoverished. And we sat in this little, probably six by six house mm-hmm. uh, where a fa- whole family lived and, uh, you know, he sat in, closed the door and it was stuffy air, like you know, no ventilation, no windows, like just the door. And, uh, and he just set us down and, and I'll never forget this moment. Cause this was like a catalyst for me. I even like almost getting choked up thinking about it right now is he, you know, he set us down and he said, remember this moment. Um, remember that, that, uh, oftentimes these people that we're ministering to don't have a seat at the table to make an impact, like to actually like change their situation, you know, so we can give them the gospel but sometimes poverty is generational. Like we have generational poverty that's happening. Um, and so with that, you know, that, that kind of really was a, a catalyst moment for me. It's like, wow, like I feel like I can help other people get turned on to missions. I can, I can raise money. I can earn money to send. I can mm-hmm. you know, do that. And, uh, and I think um, just that incarnational approach to ministry of like being present with people, sitting with them, like sharing the gospel with them right mm-hmm. where they are. Is, mm-hmm. uh, is is hugely impactful. And so what would you say to someone, because I've heard this a lot over the years, even as I've like fundraised for different trips that we've gone on, why don't you just take that money that you would be spending, you know, to send people over mm-hmm. to share the gospel? Why don't you just literally send it directly to them? Like, why don't, you know, like, why would you waste money on flights, you know, paying to go over there yourself? Like, isn't that kind of selfish of you to think that, that you can't just send the money to the mission field instead of going with them? So how would you respond to that? People. It's all about people impacting people. Um, you know, when we were walking through the village and uh, Nicaragua, where we're, we're hoping to take kids, I was down on a vision trip, like I mentioned. I'm walking through this mountain village of, you know, people who are, who are just, yeah, same scenario. I mean, they, they don't have, they don't have much at all. And um, I just hear from a kid, gringo. And like all of a sudden, all these kids come around and it was like, wow, like I have an opportunity to speak into their life, you know? And what we want to do is leverage people on the ground. Um, But people need encouragement. The people who are there working in the gospel, they need encouragement. And so I think money is great. It's a resource, yes. But we want to encourage the people who are already there on the ground to continue to do and and help and resource them. So I I would say that's the biggest thing is we don't just want to take the gospel forward. We want to encourage those who are on the ground already doing the work of the kingdom. Yeah, and I I mean, one thing uh, that I've learned is, you know, money 
um, money only solves money problems, right? I mean, so like, in other words, uh, the, the heart of the gospel is inc- incarnational. Jesus was incarnational. He didn't have to come live among us to accomplish the mission. He could have just snapped his fingers and, you know, um, humanity was offered free gift of salvation. But the fact that he showed that by coming, living among us and being with yeah. us as a human to to demonstrate um, his love for us was, a, I think, a, a, a model that we should follow as well. So the incarnational aspect of missions is important, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in fact, there was a story um, that one of our pastors shared where he had gone to great lengths to, to visit this, uh, this these missionaries that were on the mission field in a very remote place. And he had gone there. And they even, like, as they were kind of sitting together, like, processing, talking, they were like, you know, a lot of people would just send money. <laughs> But the fact that you came all the way here mm. means the world to us. And and it's like, okay, now it's like that's actually a common argument of why we shouldn't do missions, mm. you know, back home is like just send the money and then it'll be better. You know, like for them to and uh and so that incarnational thing is like there's there's nothing better to being present with with people and not that they like need us, that God even needs us. Yeah. Um, but to be used by God, it's impactful to us personally to actually like go through the process of, you know, going away from mm. our, our home, like our comfort lo- comfort levels. And to be um, in a in a place physically, it really does make an impact um, on us personally, but also to the people that we're helping. Yeah. Hopefully, right? I mean, we don't want to, we don't want to yeah. be a burden to them, right? We, that, and that's another thing I wanted to talk about, or for them to be reliant upon. Yeah. Them. Is so. What is some What are some things that you would look for? Because I know you had a connection through your church, the place that you guys are going to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the things that we would look for in a, a potential partnership, or where to go, or like you know what to what to do during the mission trip is one. Um, what would be what would be some guidelines for that as you as you try to select on okay how can we best be used and not be a burden to the people that we're going to serve but yet mm-hmm. how can we help them advance the gospel and and I and I'm just I'm throwing this out here completely mm-hmm. assuming that like you know making the assumption that you would be going to partner with local people mm-hmm. not just like dropping in showing up somewhere and be like this is the evangelism bomb like and mm-hmm. dropping in and then leaving like no you always want to go through the local churches mm-hmm. through the local people that are on the ground even when you leave. And so how can you come alongside them to, to help them? I think the biggest thing you need to understand is you need to make sure that it's the same gospel that you're partnering on. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people who they might go down and they might do good humanitarian things. But if you move somebody just into a nicer house, but, you know, they still have an empty soul, what good yeah. does it do, you yeah. know? Um, now, the flip side of that is, you know, the Bible says that if somebody comes to us, you know, begging for food and, we say go in peace, then, you know, we missed the whole point. So we, we want to meet both. We want to have that intersection of where physical needs meet spiritual needs. And, and that's the sweet spot. So I think understanding, um, number one, that we're partnering on the same gospel. Number two, what, where is it needed? You know, where we're going, um, is it more of a challenge for our kids? Yes, absolutely. Um, is it going to be a little bit, you know, Maybe some parents might say, ah, that's, you know, that's not quite for the first. But when I landed on the ground, it's like, there's no place that needs it more. Um, and, and so understanding like that, like when you're looking at, I, I see a lot of people, it's like, well, we're going on the mission trip here. And it's like, well, why there? Mm. Well, it's, you know, that's where we've gone and it's convenient and it's easy and everybody needs it. But the question is like, okay, we have limited time and resources. Like who needs it the most? Like where can we make the most impact? Mm-hmm with what we can do. And so I I think that, and then, yeah, partnering with local, you know, people on the ground. So for instance, what we'll be doing is um, one of the people in our church, they have a um, project that provides backpacks to kids so they can go to school. Well, in that backpack, there's a presentation of the gospel to the parents, to the families. Well, we won't be doing that. The local pastors on the ground will be doing that. 
And so the reason why that's so impactful is they have to go canvas all their neighborhoods to see who's in need of the school supplies. So yeah. now that pastor's had the opportunity to go to every door, you know, in their community to see, hey, who could benefit of this? Yeah. And, you know, our American brains, we were talking to the person on the ground who we know, and we were like, hey, like, would it make more sense for us to just take one community and we could, instead of doing part of the community, we could do the whole community. And he said, no. And we were like, well, why not? He said, well, my goal is for this to spark fires of the gospel in different communities. And so it just shows how we think differently where it's like, well, if we just go here, we can send all these kids to school. But the goal wasn't to get them to school. The goal is to, I mean, we want to, but the goal is to get the gospel in front of them. And in the, um, on the ground, he's like, no, he's like, we, we want to do it in different ways so we can empower different pastors in yeah, different communities yeah. so that the gospel might go forward. So I yeah. think making sure you're partnering on the gospel, making sure you're going somewhere because there's an impact, uh, there's a need that you can fill, not a need that you can't fill. So don't take kids to build a house if they're not, you know, you know, <laughs> but people do that all the time, you know, and, um, and then three, making sure that um, when you're, you're going, you're partnering with those people on the ground who can continue that work after you leave. So it's not just um, because, again, those people might come to know Christ, but we want to empower and teach them so that that impact can keep going long after yeah. we've gone. Yeah. Well, and part of that, too, is we often think that we we are going there to uh, like we're the like we're the Americans swooping in to help them. You know, yeah. like that's like, and, and I think that's a. um yeah, I'm a missed opportunity because mm-hmm. there's been so many times where I've learned so much from church planners and like people like you know in the trenches like doing ministry, and I mean like in ways that I was like, man, like I thought I was here to help you, but like you're really ministering. He's like, how can I be praying for you? And, yeah. and you're like, and what you know, this is how we do things. Like, how are you guys doing it back there? Like, and mm-hmm. and uh, and so it's it's always really helpful to um, you know partner with with like-minded ministries that you mm-hmm. can be a benefit to, but also that you can learn from. And, and really, you're just coming alongside of them to help them. One of the biggest questions that you can ask them is, how can we help support you? Not, hey, we're looking to do these things. Will you help us to do Absolutely. them? Absolutely. Um, and so I think that's a, a wrong mindset to come in. It's like, this is what we want to do. Um, so how can you make that happen? Versus like, what are your biggest needs? Like, even if it's literally just like, you know, doing mindless work for you so that it advances the gospel, like even when we leave, then that's, that's even better. Uh, there was one mission trip that we were on I remember distinctively we've had this different times, but we try to like, um, you know, put in like manpower time, like, um, you know, to advancing their mission, like they're locally. And we had a group of church planners that we were working with that were basically doing what you're talking like they were during, like doing different canvassing, like going through mm-hmm. neighborhoods, like finding out different needs of the, of the people in there so that they can best know how to help, how to serve them physically, but also, you know, spiritually. And, uh, and just by having our groups go in and do that, with them, like for them, like in certain, they're like, there's these whole new territories that we can, you know, uh, find out more data from so that we can best know how to help them. And so at the end of our trip, the, they got up and they'd actually calculated out. They're like, you literally helped us for the week that you guys were here. You helped us save seven months of mm. our own energy. <laughs> so we're like, what? <laughs> you know, just because of like, we had more people to mm-hmm. do more things like the, what they were already doing, but just emphasizing, advancing it quicker mm-hmm. just because we had the manpower to do it in a week you know, more efficiently than, than they could do it, you know, like throughout the seven months or whatever, you know, uh, with less people. So, so with that, like try to make an impact with them. Um, and there's an aspect of, you know, expectation, I think where, you know, there has to be some kind of physical labor when it comes to, you know, mischiefs. And that's what we want to, we don't want to have them work outside of what is needed. So it's like, Hey, we want to come down and we want to paint walls. It's like, well, we don't have any walls to paint, but we still want to paint walls. And I, I've even seen this, like I've heard different testimonies of uh, different youth leaders were like, yeah, we went down and we found out that 
another group before us had painted the same wall that they asked us to paint. It's like, cause they, they knew that Americans like to paint walls. It's like, what? Like, how is that beneficial? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so what we've learned over the years is, is to really primarily focus on evangelism as a primary way. Like you can encourage like the believers there, but to, to just know like, Hey, we want to help you advance the gospel and in ministries that are mm-hmm. like-minded, they're going to have that. Mind. They're like, yes, like, thank you. Like we, we really need this too. Like, and they're gonna be passionate about advancing the gospel there, mm-hmm. leading people to the Lord. Um, one of the things too is that you know it's like when you go down there for a week, oftentimes the Lord can get a hold of someone's heart for missions in many different ways. So like whether they're calling them to sh- another short term trip or mm-hmm. to a mid term trip, which is like several months, or like even long term where they're gonna go on the mission trip full time. I think of even leaders that we've taken, so like adult volunteers that have gone with us on on student missions trips, and have been called to to you know, put some kind of missions in their, in their, um, focus for a long time. So we had one guy, uh, John, who, um, he went to the Dominican Republic with us and felt the call to go into full-time missions. He was uh, running a landscaping company, um, totally prepared for that. Like, and it wasn't until, uh, there was a need, um, it was after a large earthquake in Haiti where they mm-hmm. called him up and because he had already had connections in the, on the Island there in Dominican Republic and Haiti, they're like, Hey, we need someone to run this. And because he had already been prepared, he had already like gone down there. Like he was like willing to go within a few days, like to tie up everything and just like literally go down there. And, uh, and he helped in a tremendous time and he's been there since, you know? And so, so there's things like that where even we had, um, uh, one of our volunteers who worked in the fashion design industry and she started, uh, kind of like a missions project where, you know, she used her, her gifts in fashion to actually fund missions in East Africa. And so when it comes to like different things, you never know what the Lord's going to do to grab a hold of yeah. someone's heart. We've had students that have been called into long-term missions to, to know like how they can, you know, support. Um, we had students that we took on a, a trip and we got to visit a leper colony um, in the Dominican Republic. And uh, it was like an elderly home that were all, everybody there had been suffering from leprosy. And so they came back and they decided to do this like huge, like massive bake sale where they baked like tons of cupcakes and sold up stuff and sent money down there. So like, you never know, like even mm-hmm. when they come back, the impact can be you know, limitless as far as of, of what the Lord can use, you know, that short term aspect to really help them to give a voice to people that don't have a voice otherwise. So, yeah. Now, what are some things that you would do to prepare your students for mischief? So again, you're still kind of, learning this as you go, you know, as far as, um, your first one, but how are you planning to prepare students to, uh, to do like the selection process? Is there an interview process? Mm-hmm. Um, I know some of these answers already, but, um, you know, are you guys uh, looking for a certain type of student to be able mm-hmm. to take, uh, to a mission trip? If so, what kind? Yeah, we are opening it up to everybody. Um, so we're inviting everybody who is, we're doing a certain age, high school only, but, we're opening up to everybody to apply, and and I would encourage people to do that. Don't just automatically discount kids because you never know. Um, and two, even able to have the conversation with a kid saying, hey, we don't think you're quite ready for this, that's a valuable conversation that you now have the opportunity to have. So we're saying, hey, if you're interested, put it down, and then we're going to have you know a, an interest meeting with parents to kind of explain. Um, but then, yeah, there's going to be an interview process. And I think the big thing is to look at the heart of why that student wants to go. Um you might have a student that just gets excited because well, I get to go somewhere and see somewhere new, but that's not necessarily a, a disqualifying factor. You know, yeah. we just want to be able to look at their heart and say, the biggest thing I want to know is when you're a youth leader, you know, when you go out of country, like you're responsible for these kids. Mm-hmm. Can I trust you? Like, can I trust you to take you overseas to make sure that we're going to be able to accomplish what we're going to accomplish? And we're not going to have to deal with distractions and problems 
that come from just kids not having the right heart for being there. Um, I think also too, you know, are these kids going to be able, are the, is this going to be the group that's going to be able to maximize the time that we have the most? Yeah. So if a kid is maybe, um, a, a, a new believer or maybe depending on the trip, it's a kid who might not even be a believer, but the, the trip is a right circumstance where they're not going to hold the group back. They're going to God, you know, really is going to be able to grow them. Th- those things are okay. As long as the mission is still happening. And, and so I think we, a lot of times, um, there's two ways to go about it. You can be like, this is the mission we're going to do. And then we'll get the kids to go do the mission. And that's healthy. There's also who wants to go do a mission and you get the kids. And then you're like, what can we do with this group? And I don't think either is, is harmful as long as the gospel is going forward. So part of it is we have a framework, but then we're going to see who God brings, you know, we want to do some different sports clinics, but you know, we might have some kids step forward who say, Hey, I can do this skill. Well, we're going to check with people on the ground and say, would this be helpful? You know, one of the things that I threw out is like, I've got a baseball background. I talked to him. I was like, Hey, I don't, I only want to do this if it's helpful. But I was like, we could do baseball clinics. And he, and his, he was so excited. He was like, that would be awesome. Like, that'd be so cool. So you never know. You don't want to limit it up front, but you just want to make sure the kids, you can trust them. They have a good heart. Again, they might not always have the best motivations in terms of they might just get excited to go somewhere. But again, that's not, it's not a bad thing. Um, And then I would say, and and you have to be careful with this, um, but you want to make sure that the parents understand why they're going, Mm. you know, because a lot of people, I think, yeah, it's just a cool trip and they'll come away different. And it's like, no, we, we don't want to go be self martyrs for the gospel, but like, Hey, there's, this is going to be work. Like, like you're going to go and and your kid's going to be exhausted. Like they're going to be tired. We're going to take care of them, but Hey, we're going to a place that desperately needs this. And you want to make sure that the kids that you're taking have the right heart um, about that. I mean, simple things, but like we're going to Nicaragua in the middle of summer. I want to take a kid who I know is going to drink water and stay hydrated because if not, they're going to be stuck behind and we're going to have to deal. So even those small things like kids who are responsible um, and depending on where you're going, like you have to be, be very, you know, mindful and and careful of that depending on the trip in your group. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And so I, th- I think you already answered this, but I was going to ask you, should you take a non-believing student on a mission trip? It depends on the trip. Uh, that That's my big thing. I think they're depend on the student. Well, yeah, it depends on the student, <laughs> but I mean, a, a non-believing student, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think it depends. I, I'm not against it. I think, yeah, there's absolutely times where yeah. you can do it. Um, and yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll say that too. We have we have taken students mm-hmm. with great success, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that weren't really following the Lord yet, but they, they really, like, after seeing, like, you know, on, mm-hmm. like, being on a mission trip. Now, I wouldn't take, like, a an absolutely, like, rule-breaking, no. like, non-believer that, like, yeah. just can't even, no. like, pay attention or, like, you know, can't focus. Like, he's mm-hmm. a flight risk or mm-hmm. she's a flight risk during youth groups, so I'm not going to take them over no. the country. And there's even been students that I've turned down that have applied that were regularly attending, mm-hmm. you know, but they just had so much thing. Like, I'm like, it, it, there's going to, we're going to need like three leaders to take care of just you. If we take you overseas like yeah. that, and that's not going to be beneficial to the overarching mission of like yeah. of benefiting. So when it comes to, yeah, uh, students that you would say no to, mm-hmm. what, would be, what would be some prerequisites for students that you would turn down to go on a mission trip? Well, because it, it, obviously if it's not, you know, only, you know, if you're, if it's not a believer, that's not the only thing that would, that would, you know, disqualify them. Yeah. Well, there's, there's simple things that like, I didn't even think about. So for instance, um, you know, I, this will be the first trip that I'm running, but I'm working, you know, my pastor, they were, he was a missions kid and, um, so is his wife and they've gone all over the world. And he, he, first thing he told me is like, you can't bring any kids that bite their nails. 
And I was like, huh? He was like, they'll be sick within a week and we, we won't be able to do anything with them. And he was like, is that an interview question? That you have yeah. You bite your name? No, like seriously, like we, he's like, I, we can't do it. He said, because they'll be sick within a week. He said, these kids that are going to hang all over them, they've never washed their hands a day in their life. And so it's like, they will be sick within a week and we'll have to, you know, stop everything designated leader. So like there's small things like you've never even thought about. Yeah. Like, um, you know, they, they said they once got down there and there was a lady who had an open wound. She just had a surgery. And like, it was a small thing and yeah, she, you know, it was like became a life or death situation. So there's even like small things that you need to think about ahead yeah. of time. Um, so I'd definitely get plugged in. So outside of, do you bite your nails? Um, <laughs> which I've never heard that. Yeah. I've never thought about that. I yeah. mean, I can understand why, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is things like, um, why do you want to go, you know? And if it's, you know, if it's just, well, I think it'd be cool to see a different part of the, the world and. Again, that's not necessarily exactly a disqualifying factor, but but that is a big thing. Um, but it, yeah, it really is, can I trust you? Like, can I take you out of the country? Or even if you're domestic, you know, we don't want to discount that either. Can I trust you? Um, will you be a distraction from the mission we're trying to achieve? And I think that's the big thing is, if I have to divert energy from the mission in order to focus on your behavior, you know, because we're going to have issues once we get down yeah, there anyways, sure. even, with, yeah. even with the right kids. But going in, do I already know oh, I'm going to have to drain energy because yeah. of this student? Then that's like, you're not doing, you know, you're not doing, you're doing a disservice to the trip that you're trying to do. The kids who are trying to go down, experience this, the people who have given money in order for this to take place. Yeah. If you're already saying, I'm going to have to take this pot of resources and some of it is going to have to go towards this student. Cause I already know they're going to be an issue. I think that that's going to be the big thing that I'm going to have to say um, that yeah. that will be the disqualifying factor. Well, and I think, um, you know, you mentioned this briefly too, is knowing the demands of the trip too, mm -hmm. like physical demands. So yeah. in other words, like, you know, going to a Latin American country in the summer is going to be hot. Yeah. Like it's going to be hotter than it is here. Like in, in mm -hmm. even in the most Southern parts of America, like, mm -hmm. and so when it comes to, um, yeah, even just the physical demands to make that clear. It's like some students, you know, will not, not just like not do well, but like will make everybody life's miserable if uh, they're, yeah. if they're uncomfortable well, like I'm, all the time. I'm laughing because my, uh, my mom was asking me, she was like, so when do you do like the outdoor camps? I was like in the afternoon. She's like, like, no, really, if it's going to be like over a hundred degrees, I was like, mom, they don't have electricity. I said, they don't do daylight savings. So it gets dark at six o'clock. So we're going to do it in the heat of the day. And she's like, wow, like we're gonna have to make sure they're drinking like lots of fluids. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, like, so that even that type yeah. of stuff too, like, yeah, that, yeah, that's a big deal. Now, a couple of like the the preferences that, I mean, this is not like a hard and fast rule, but mm -hmm. one of the things that we've learned um, because we did have an experience where it was like 75% of our group got sick, mm -hmm. which was not effective. No. Like stomach sick. And it was yeah. like, then it becomes like, you know, a, a really, sh mm -hmm. a, a really different situation yes and there's not enough toilets for everybody like there's yeah it's definitely a, um, a horrific situation so one of the things that we made a rule um you know taking students out of the country was that we would try to stay in a, a little bit nicer place we would obviously monitor the food because they're not may not be used to you mm -hmm. know different things but also um you know there's different cleanliness aspects of of the water like mm -hmm. in different countries like if you go go into a third world country so you even want to be careful of like ice that they put in their drink if you're eating at a restaurant or um produce that they're washing, you know, with the, the water that, you know, the tap mm -hmm. water or whatever. And so with that, like we've actually benefited and it kind of having a mentality of actually like staying at a little bit nicer place than we mm -hmm. would think, you know, when you're going on a mission trip, like you're envisioning like, Oh, we're going to be roughing it. We're going to mm -hmm. be sleeping on the floor, like, you know, in the jungle yeah. or whatever. Like, it's like, no, like actually 
get a nice place where you can actually get rest mm-hmm. so that during the day you are ministering to people. You're not yeah. like having to treat dehydration because yeah. you, you know, and you're not all throwing up because you've eaten bad food. Like, you know, so spend more money to, to be at a nicer place, to have a little bit nicer amenities so that they're well rested so that they can minister effectively. That's been like our mentality since we had that awful experience yeah. and it's really helped. It's really been a, a great time where like we've had very little illness, like very, mm-hmm. you know, very successful like energy levels like to where we can actually minister effectively to the people that we're, that we're there to serve so yeah any other closing remarks as as we talk about mission trips yeah i think just um getting outside of the u.s and you're seeing a global idea of the gospel one of the things that i took away um because there's a language barrier but that idea of the, the marriage supper of the lamb where all nations tribes and tongues will be together worshiping god just being able to see like that like there's literally people i told i was like hey i can't understand you now but one day i will and just that reality of that was like really, really cool. So I think just understanding how as a leader it grows us. Um, and just, yeah, I mean, r- just repeating the same thing is like, it's about the gospel going forward. Yeah. We need to take the right kids to the right situation where we can leverage our resources to for the gospel to go as far as it can. Well, and I think even having time to debrief like in the evenings or like, you know, times where you can like help them process what they're seeing, what they're doing, like how, how they're impacting the people and then give a lot of room for discussion. Like as you re-enter back in, those have been, some really helpful conversations as we help the students process like what they've learned and, and what they're doing. So they can have a, a good picture and a good experience of, of their first mission trip. A lot of times their first. So yeah, well, that's all we have for today. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode. If you are liking our content, if you're sharing our content, thank you so much. Uh, we, we want this to get seen by more people. We have nothing to sell you. All of this is a hundred percent free, even the online training for student missionaries, hundred percent free. So please uh, uh, share with other people if you would think that they benefit from. So uh, thank you guys again so much for watching and listening. So we'll see you guys next episode.